Romans 4, verse number 13. The Bible says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Mm. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, mm. who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, yes. giving glory to God, mm. and being fully persuaded. That what he had promised, what God had promised, God was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him, or imputed to, to, to Abraham, for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, you, Lord. from the dead, mm. who was delivered for our offenses, and was raised again for our justification. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of standing behind the pulpit to preach once again. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and yes. for your mercy. Thank you for traveling mercies on the yes. road today. God, we know that there are many dangers, toils, and snares from which we have already come. Mm. But it's been your grace that's brought us safe thus far. That's right. And grace will lead us home. Yes. We thank you, God, for that. We thank you for this church, for their pastor, his wife. Lord, we pray, God, your blessings upon them. And God, for labors, for their labor in the faith, that souls would be added to the kingdom. Yes. Lord, we pray that, ch that your church would be revived and stirred. Sinners might be saved. God, not just today or tonight. But, Lord, in the days to come, Father, may we see you do great things at Bethel Baptist Church. Mm. Lord, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory. Now, God, give me power and help me to preach. Lord, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need your strength and your wisdom, mm. God, to preach your word. And, Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. Be with my son-in-law this morning at Kimberly, Lord, as yes. he'll preach. And my daughter as they lead in worship even now. God, I pray that you'd bless them and give them a good day and good service. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. As you study the book of Romans chapter number 4, 
Paul establishes a foundational truth about salvation. And the truth that he establishes is that salvation is by faith. Right. In the Latin, it would be the sola fide, meaning that we are saved by faith alone. Amen. It is the sola fide, the sola gratia, which is by grace alone. And it is sola scriptura, which is by the scripture alone. That's right. We are saved through faith by the grace of God, through the hearing of the word of God. And Paul establishes that truth in chapter number 4. Many have sought, or in his day and even in our day, have sought to win salvation or gain salvation by the works that they do. Mm. Many have sought out through keeping the law or keeping some standard uh, that is man-made to save them in the end. If you were to ask somebody, how do you get to heaven? A lot of folks may tell you. Well, if my good works outweigh my bad when I right. come to the end, then mm -hmm. I will give, get access into glory. But the Bible is clear, and Paul is clear through many other of his writings, that we are saved not by our works, not by the keeping of the law, but we are saved by grace through faith that is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. And in order to do that in chapter 4, Paul takes one of their great patriarchs and he draws him out as a picture of what faith can do in the life of an individual. Yeah. They look to Abraham as the father of faith and sure they should have because the Bible specifically says that. That he is the father of their Faith. He is who God chose to draw out of the earth of the Chaldees and out of that Gentile world and put his hand upon Abraham and his descendants. And Paul uses Abraham to establish the truth of that salvation by faith is in Christ alone. Certainly Abraham was a man of works. If you study his life, you know that Abraham did great works for the Lord. But the works that Abraham performed in his life were not works in order to be saved, but works to prove that he was saved. Amen. Works and obedience followed the faith of Abraham. Yeah. And this is a scene in the example that we read, have read in the life of Abraham in our text. Faith is foundational to your life. It is totally essential to salvation. You cannot be saved apart from faith. Amen. But hear me today. You cannot have a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ apart from faith. Mm. You may be saved today and you say, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But now you begin to trust in yourself, trust in your wit, trust in your wealth, or trust in your ability to do uh, in order to please the Lord. But can I tell you that nothing you and I do in and of ourselves, even after salvation, could ever please God. Right. The only thing that pleases the Lord is faith. Yeah. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 6. The Bible says, for without faith, it is impossible to please him, to yeah. please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, yeah. and that he's a rewarder of them that yeah. diligently seek him. And so faith is essential to your walk in 
the Lord. Some weeks ago, God began to stir in our church and uh, in, in a specific service, and and I had a message prepared to preach, and I thought that's where we were going. And it was one of those times when I had developed the outline, got it all together, and manuscripted. I man, I was ready to Amen. preach, and God moved through the service and said, "I appreciate your work on that outline, but we're not going to leave that today." <laughs> you know, it happened. Yeah. It happened several times in our church. And God began to stir my heart about the, the subject of faith. You've heard it said, and we even said it in our camp uh, that we have with the youngins uh, here at this church and other churches around, and, uh, uh, that, 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 that saying of having faith over fear. Yeah. And the idea is that faith truly is greater than our fear. Faith can be greater than our sorrow, our struggle, and our pain. But God began to deal with my heart about the area of faith. And God began to stir in me that faith is not the absence of fear. Right. Some people think if they have fear, then they don't have faith. And I know that fear can drown out your faith. Yeah. But faith is not the absence of fear. Some yeah. people think if they're going through struggles or hard times or pain in their life, that they don't have faith. Abraham's life Amen. would dispute that. Faith is not the absence of fear or struggle or pain or suffering. Yep. But faith is the endurance yeah. to press on. Come on. Faith yeah. is trusting God even in the midst of your sorrow. Amen. You need faith. You need faith in trusting God. You need faith in believing and having confidence in the Lord. And what faith will do in your life is faith will cause you to be obedient to yeah. the will of God. The Father. Yes. And so today, I want to talk to you about the faith of Father Abraham. I want to give you three things that we find in the text about this faith. Number one, I want you to notice the trying of his faith. I believe it was Adrian Rogers that said one time, he said that a faith that cannot be tested okay. is a faith that cannot be trusted. Come on, Amen. That's right. How many of you believe that? I believe if that. If you can't test your faith, yeah. then you can't trust your faith. Yeah. And God has a way of testing the faith of His children. Here Paul discusses the great measure of faith that Abraham possessed. We notice the challenge in verse number 18. He said, Who against hope believed in Hope. Now that's not a mix up of words. He's not trying to confuse his reader. What he is saying simply is that there was a time in Abraham's life when the situation and circumstance seemed hopeless. Right. We preached last night about a woman who had a hopeless condition in and of herself. Of that woman with the issue of blood. And sometimes in life things seem Hopeless right. In Abraham's life, the circumstances surrounding his life seemed hopeless. Mm. God had told Abraham uh, when he was 75 years old that he was going to give him a son. But there was a problem. Abraham was old. And his wife was old. And the Bible said that Sarah was barren. That word barren means that she could not only not have children, it means that she didn't have the equipment to have children. <laughs> She had no ability medically, biologically, scientifically in order to have children. And yet God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Yeah. And all hope seemed lost for 25 years. Mm. Abraham waited for that promised boy. He even tried to get ahead of God. Y'all know the story? Yeah. Got that Egyptian handmaid named Hagar pregnant. And uh, she had a boy named Ishmael. 
And God uh, even came to Abraham at one time and told him, Abraham, your, your wife Sarah's going to have the child. And Abraham said, no, Lord, that's impossible, but maybe you can just accept Ishmael. And God said, no, I'm not going to accept Ishmael. Sarah's going to have a child. Yes. Don't you know there were moments of doubt, even in Sarah's life, when that doubt began to weigh heavy even upon Abraham. And then one day Isaac was born. And Isaac was raised. And God had kept his promise. But then God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to take that boy I promised you and go offer him on the mountains of Moriah as a sacrifice unto the Lord. But you know what the Bible clearly says here in our text? It said that when hope could not be seen, wow. Abraham just kept believing yes. in hope. I'll tell you, there are times in life when it seems like all hope is lost. We all face challenges, have faced them over the last couple of years. And it seems like the promises that God has given us are not going to be fulfilled. But it's in those moments, child of God, when when you don't see any hope around, you've just got to keep believing in hope. Yeah, and when yeah. you don't see any way out, you've just got to believe in hope. My brother says it like this, if God brings you to it, God's going to bring you Come to on. it. Amen. Yeah. And I still believe in a God who calls those things which are not as though they, they were. That's Amen. what the Word of God said. And Abraham believed in that kind of God. Faith was not the absence of struggle. Faith was not the absence of problem. These passages that we've read kind of contradict that prosperity gospel that many people preach today. Mm -hmm. They preach that if you trust God and if you serve Him and if you love Him, and by the way, send an offering to my ministry. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> you just send me a little offering. You'll get out of debt. Let's say, let's say if you have the ability to pay $1,000, or some of you have the ability to even pay more. If you'll do that, God will bless you and get you out of debt. And I'm thinking to myself, if I had $1,000 to send you, I wouldn't be in debt. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> they tell you if you'll do that, now here's the problem. I'm not against support ministry, but here's the problem. Anybody that tells you that serving God and working for God is going to exclude you from trouble, they are lying to you. Right. It ain't right. all sunshine and roses. Right. It ain't always steak and potatoes. By the way, those steak sandwiches last night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I was craving some more of them. I don't know if y'all got any more, but I'll take them back to the cabin and we'll put them in the microwave. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, but it ain't all Always steak and potatoes. Uh, steak, steak and potatoes. Uh, oftentimes, it may be spam and legs. Amen. Amen. And I want to tell you, God is faithful. Somebody yeah. say Amen. Amen. And even when hope can't be found or seen, you can trust in the hope. Matter of fact, hope is not seen. Bible said, "Faith that is seen, or hope that is seen, is not hope." Uh, the friend, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence yeah. of things not I seen. Yeah. Friend, I haven't seen him, but I believe him. Yeah. I, I wasn't here when he walked the, the streets of Galilee, but I was there the night he began to walk the streets Come of on. my heart and soul. Yeah. And I know that he is alive and I yeah. know that he's able. I don't know what report you got from the doctor, but yeah. I know the great physician. And Woo! I know that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly yeah. above all that we Come ask on. a thing according to the power that worketh in us. Is anybody here this morning? Yeah. I'm glad we've got a God yeah. that 
times. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hoped against hope, the challenge, the commitment. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Mm. You hear that? Yep. He did not just have blind faith. Abraham was not just stepping out on a whim. Abraham was believing because God had said it. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Listen, we're so busy in these days believing and listening to what everybody else is saying. Right. Well, I'll tell you what really matters. What God is saying. Amen. What God, we, we're so fixated on what the Democrats say, what the Republicans say, what the Independents say, what the Socialists say, what Putin is saying, what Zelensky says, what Russia's doing, what, what Ukraine may do. And I have compassion for that and we're praying for those needs as well. But can I tell you that what's important is not what Russia says, what China says, or what Biden says, or what the communists well, I already said Biden. What they're saying, what matters is what God said. Listen to me. I'm not standing a pull what everybody else is saying. I'm standing a pull what does say the Word of God. And the world will tell you it's hopeless, friend. You're going to lose. You're defeated. But I've read the back of my book. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what battles may take place or what wars that are going to take place. The back of the book says we win. We and times where Abraham questioned. Times where he may have doubted. Times when the devil may have come against him and showed him the circumstances of his life. And Abraham began to wonder. Oh, but deep down inside, just like Jeremiah, when Jeremiah gave up hope and lost his faith, and he said, God, I'm not going to preach in your name anymore. Mm. All of a sudden, Jeremiah said, I couldn't stay still. Oh. And I couldn't keep it quiet. Because his word was like a fire in my yeah. bones. Shut up inside of me. And I couldn't hold it back. Friend, listen to me. I can't explain all this. But I'll tell you this. I can't contain all this. Amen, it's just too good. So the commitment of Abraham is that he chose to rise above the challenges and circumstances of life. And stay committed to what God has said. Friend, we need the word of God. We're living in a day today where they, they tell us that preaching is archaic and outdated. I mean, you don't need to, there's no use in getting up there and, and, and slobbering and spitting and turning five shades of red and, and screaming and hollering and all that. You know, it'd be okay just to be conversational. Mm. You know, we, we, don't need to, we don't need to ruffle any feathers. Don't need to stir anybody. And I'm not against quiet preaching. I like all kinds of preaching. I like quiet preaching, loud preaching. I like short messages and long messages. As a matter of fact, I think every good message ought to be short and every bad message ought to be shorter. <laughs> now, I think that. I, I, don't, I don't achieve that all the time, but I, I at least think I have good intentions. Amen, brother. I love all kinds of preaching, but I'm telling you, we need some preaching. Mm. We need the we You, listen, you need the Word of God. Yes, sir. You need preaching. Right. I tell them at our church, I said, listen, even those times when the Spirit of God gets to moving in the song church, people get in the altar, and, 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 and we don't have 
preaching as it were, standing up and taking a text and expounding that text like we're doing today. Even in those moments, you can ask my church folk, we're going to hear from God's Word. Amen. It may be through a testimony or I may have a scripture God lays on my heart to give them before we leave, but we're going to hear the Word of God. Do you know why? Because faith, that's what we're preaching on by the way, faith comes by hearing and, and hearing. hearing by Amen. the Word of God. Every man and woman that lived by faith in your Bible had a word from God. You know what you need today? You need God's word. Yes. You don't need some special new revelation. You need the revelation that God has given to his people. You need what thus saith God's yes. word. Amen. What will it do, preacher? It will increase your faith. And as you stand on that word and you begin to see God keep that word, man, it will just it will increase your faith more and more every day. The trying of his faith. I told you I had three thoughts. Let me hurry up and I'll give you my second one. Let's check the time here. Oh, yeah, we're plenty of time. Amen. Amen. Number two. Kind of like this. We may start church at 1030. <laughs> number two, the trust of his faith. Notice verse number 19, the confidence that Abraham had. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. As Abraham considered the circumstances of his life, he begins to look at their ages. You can understand this. Abraham was 75 when God first came to him and said, he's going to have a boy, going to have a son, going to have a child. Yep. And Sarah's going to have a child as well. She's going she's to be the actual one to have the child. Abraham will have a part in it, but Sarah's the one going to bear the child. <laughs> And Abraham is old. He's 75 years old. She's some maybe 5, 10 years younger than him. But they're both old. You've got a 75, a 65, a 70 year old woman, 75 year old man. Let me just ask you. If you, who are over 70, all of a sudden were told you're going to have a child, how would you react? <laughs> I'm 40 right now. Me and my wife, both of us are 40. You ain't supposed to tell you when today, but she's 40. It's the same age as me. It's all right. I may pay for it later. She don't look 40. Amen. But at 40, if the doctor was to come to say, we were, we were pregnant for this and have a child, I'd pass out. <laughs> I, done, I, I done got two grown and one 16, and she thinks she's grown. And I, I'm telling you, we almost on the other side of this thing. I don't want another kid. I'm ready for grand young. Somebody give me a witness. Come on. Amen. I'm ready for grandbabies. I'm ready to get grandbabies and bring them home and feed them full of chocolate and spoil them rotten and make them mean and send them back home. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what grandparents are supposed to do. I'm so much ready to be a grandchild that I've adopted other people's kids to be my grandkids. Come on. Amen. And I'm doing that to them. I'm spoiling them rotten. Amen. But just think about it. My papa was 85 years old. And his wife, my granny, we call her granny. His, this is his second wife now. My mama went home to be with the Lord, and he married granny. And, and she's uh, just a little bit younger than papa. And, and uh, or she, she's actually a lot younger than papa. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, if they were to tell us, we're about to have kids, we'd say, You're crazy. <laughs> Papa would say, that's crazy. 
Abraham was old. Sarah was old and barren. Mm. Y'all hear what I said a moment ago? She didn't have the equipment to have children. She has nothing on the inside that can bear children. Well, let's talk about Sarah's reaction when she heard the angels say, Sarah, by this time next year we'll be pregnant. And she laughed in the tent. Uh -huh. We hardly ever look at how Abraham reacted. Do you know that Abraham had a similar reaction? Genesis chapter 17. Genesis 17 verse 17. It said, Then Abraham fell, <laughs> fell upon his face and laughed. <laughs> and he said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? But this is some time since the first time God had told him you're going to have a child. And it's been all these years now. And yet the Bible says in the New Testament, that he was not weak in faith. Though childbearing ages was beyond human possibility. At some point Abraham rose above the doubts. And even the laughter. And he said I believe God. Yes. Amen. He was confident that God would fulfill the promises. Even though it was humanly impossible. Mm. You remember what God said to Sarah? What the, what the Lord said to Sarah when they came as visitors and guests to Abraham's tent? Said to her, said, there, is there anything too hard for God? Woo! I want to ask you that this morning. Before I move on, I want to ask you, do you believe that there's anything too hard for God? Man. Look at your life. Before you answer, think about it. Think about your life. Think about how you act and how you react. And answer me. Is there anything too hard for God? You think about your life and what you've seen God do. And then ask, answer the question. Is there anything too hard for God? I remember a story of a woman that came to a preacher and boy, she had this bad headache. She had this bad migraine. And I understand I, and, I, and I can sympathize with that. I have it myself. And she said, preacher, I, I, I really I didn't want to make a big to-do about it in the church service because, because there's so many other things going on. But I, I need you to pray for me. I've got a headache. He said, well, why didn't you come down for prayer? The Bible says if you're sick, come down with anoint you, pray over you and all that stuff. And she said, well, I didn't want to bother God with such a small oh. thing. The preacher looked at her and said, it's such a small thing, ma'am. Could you tell me what's big to God? <laughs> Hello? Wow. What's big to him? I want to tell you today, even to the point of giving a child to an older couple in the Bible, that is the God that we still serve today. I'm not suggesting He's going to give anybody a baby at 100 years old, but I am suggesting there are some impossibilities in life that you look at and say, there is no yep. way. And God yep. says, just watch me. Yep. If you think there's no way, give it to God and watch Him yep. work. That's the confidence yep. of faith consecration of faith. He staggered not at the promise of God. Verse number 20. Through unbelief but was strong in the faith giving glory to God. Imagine waiting for 25 years for a son. You've done everything you can to try to help God out. Even to the point of sleeping with another woman. Have a child. You've done all of this stuff and there's, there's often times we try to help God out. Get ahead of God. That's right. So God, I know you said you can handle this. 
But if, but, but, but if, if you're going to take your time, I, I think I'll step in here and try to help you out. Mm. We've all done that. Yeah. There's dangers in that. You don't believe me? Just go over there to the, to the land of Palestine, Israel, Pakistan, all that area, and you'll find out the dangers of trying to help God out. Amen. We're still dealing with that mess today. That's right. That silver, silver, uh, civil family feud that is going on even today, and will continue to go on. I don't care how many peace trees they sign. That's right. It'll continue to go on until the Prince of Peace comes back to this earth. Amen. Amen. We're dealing with that mess. Can you imagine waiting for 25 years? You've tried to help God. You've tried to do everything you can to make this thing work, even to the point of trying to give your servant to God as your heir. God says, no, I'm going to give you a son. And God does. He kept up. He lets him enjoy him for a few years. Mm. For several years. Isaac's a lad now. He's a teenage boy. Some believe he's maybe 13, 14. So others believe maybe 16 to 18. We don't really know. We're not told. But God comes to him one day and says, Abraham, I want you to take that boy, that son, and I want you to walk him up the mountains of Moriah, and I want you to burn him mm. as a burnt offering for me. Mm. Now when you think about the faith of Abraham, and it said he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, mm. makes it a little bit more serious, don't it? That word staggered means that he didn't grow wayward. He didn't get off a course. James chapter number 1, I love that book. I love the book of James. But James chapter number 1, it says that we are to count it joy when we are falling into diverse temptations. Right. That the trying of our faith, that worketh patience, and let patience have a perfect work. And all of these things, he deals with trials and the test of our faith. Even deals with temptation. Then he says, don't get mistaken, brother. You're not tempted by God. Mm. God can't be tempted with evil, neither can he tempt any man with evil. You're tempted, tested, when you're drawn away by your own lust and entire. Right. Then he said, I love that verse, verse 17. Verse 16, he says, do not err, my brethren. Do not err. That word means don't get off track. Mm. Don't get off course. Don't let the tests and trials blow you off of your course. Don't let them knock you out of the race. He said, do not err, my beloved brethren. Verse 17. For every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. Amen. From the Father of life in whom is no variableness. There's no, there's no changing in it. He's not going to be different tomorrow as he was today. Yep. And he's no different today as he was four or five thousand yep. years ago. Amen. He's still God. Amen. Are you with me? Yep. I'm almost done. Maybe. <laughs> the consecration. Abraham continued to trust the Lord. He took, he took Isaac up that mountain. He took him up the mountain. Just like God told him. <laughs> didn't waver. Didn't hesitate. He didn't argue. Well, how many times God tell us to do something? Or tell us that He's going to do something? And we'll argue with Him. We'll bring up all the reasons why it can't happen. Mm. We'll spend all of our time telling our God how big our problems are. Mm. God don't need you to tell Him how big. Now, He wants you to talk to Him. Don't get me wrong. Come to Him. Talk to Him. Pray to Him. I believe in the altar. I believe in prayer. I believe you ought to talk to the Lord. 
But don't spend your whole prayer time telling him how big your problems are. Mm -hmm. tell, him how, tell him that you know that you have a God that's bigger than your problems. Try it, right. Praise him and worship him and thank him for his faithfulness. Lord, I got this need in my life, this circumstance. We've we got a need in our family right now. My brother-in-law diagnosed with cancer. This is a sudden thing for us. This, this is something we were not expecting. But you think it took God by surprise? And I serve a God. I was talking to one of my deacons uh, just the other day. And he said, you know that C word is so devastating. It takes some time to process it. Mm -hmm. And get it all in your mind. That word, that one word causes such fear <coughs> and anxiety. Do you know what the truth is? That is true. That's human. That's us. That's who we are. But the truth is today is that I serve a God... That is bigger than cancer. Yeah. Amen. I serve a God that's bigger than cancer. I serve a God that is bigger than every need and every mountain that you may have. Don't lose your faith. Trials are never enjoyable. But they are beneficial. Yes. The difficulties of life help us learn to trust the Lord greater. God can use your test for your benefit for His glory. Yep. You notice the triumph of his faith. Notice the triumph, the victory that we see in Abraham's life. Verse number 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. For years it seemed that Isaac would never come. Now he's here. And God says, take him to the mountain and kill him. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering. God had promised this son to him. Mm. Now, if this son dies, how is God going to keep his promise? Have you ever thought that? God, if this don't turn out the way I think it should, how are you ever going to fulfill your promise in my life? How are you ever going to come through? Abraham had the kind of faith that said, even if I have to kill my son, God will still keep his promise. Yes. I'm not out of the Bible. I'm right in the Bible when I say that. Amen. Hebrews 11, 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he, had, he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. You say, wait a minute, preacher. Abraham never did kill Isaac. You're right. But in the heart of Abraham, he had already done yes. what God had told him to do. He already yes. done it. He offered his son up. His only begotten son. That's not just a play on words. There's a reason why that's there. His only begotten son. Because through what Abraham did, God, by faith, painted a picture of what one day he would do for the salvation of you and me. He said, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy seed shall be called. Thy seed shall be called. Accounting, watch this. Accounting, that is putting on the account of God. Depositing faith on God's account that God was able to raise him up. Yes. Even Amen. from the dead. From whence he also received him in a figure, a picture, a portrait. Mm. God painted a portrait for Abraham that day. And he said, Abraham, I'm, at, I'm telling you to take your son and offer him up. Abraham goes up that mountain. Isaac's there bearing that wood. They've got the knife and they've got the fire. And on their way up the mountain, Abraham and his sons walking, and Isaac says, Father, 
We have wood. We have fire. You even have a knife on your side. Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham said, Son, God will provide yes. Come on. a lamb. In the Hebrew, that phrase, himself, is actually provide for himself. Mm. You see, the sacrifice that was needed was not just for you, but it was also a sacrifice for God. Yep. Said, preacher, what do you mean? God's not a sinner. What does he need with a sacrifice? Every man in the Old Testament had to have their own sacrifice to appease the wrath of God. Mm. And to appease his own wrath, he had to have a sacrifice. Yeah. And what sacrifice did he give? In the portrait of Abraham and Isaac, our father, our God, gave his only begotten son yeah. to die on the cross of Calvary <laughs> so that you and I could be saved. But he not only died, he was buried. Yeah. And just as Abraham believed God would raise up Isaac, God raised yeah. up his own son for you and for me. Yeah. He's not dead. He's alive. And so because of that truth, you and I can trust in God. You say, preacher, how does God, how did Abraham know that God could raise the dead? Well, the Bible says here in the text, Paul tells us that he's a God that quickens the dead or raises the dead. Verse number 19, he said he didn't consider his own body now dead. Did you get that? Mm. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know how Abraham knew God could raise the dead? Because he already seen him do it. <laughs> he said, if God can raise the deadness of my own body and the deadness of my wife's womb and bring, a, bring this child out of that womb, out of that hopeless situation, yeah. Yeah. if I kill my boy and burn him to ashes, God is able to bring him back to life. Woo, Honey, that's the kind of faith Amen. I want. Amen. Amen. He's a God that can unscramble scrambled eggs. <laughs> wow. You hear me? You talking about our God? My Lord. Jesus is standing on the mountain. 5,000 men before. And all they have is five loaves of bread and two fish. Mm -hmm. And we ain't talking about yeast rolls. We're talking about barley bread. We're talking about the, the worst and the least of bread. This is the least of the, uh, of the harvest of, of the wheat. God uh, th th takes that those little small little biscuits, five of them, and just two fish, mm. and He takes them and He breaks, He blesses them, and He breaks them and He feeds five thousand. Yeah, thank you. He doesn't divide the biscuits and the fish and hand it out and feed five thousand men plus women and children. So twenty twenty five thousand people. He divides. And multiplies mm. that bread and that fish. And the Bible indicates that as long as they kept back coming back to him, he kept handing it out. Yeah. You know when the bread and the fish stopped multiplying? When they quit coming for it. Mm. Once they were full, quit multiplying. But as long as they were hungry. Yes. You know what Jesus did that day? Tell me about it. He, he can unscramble scrambled eggs. You know what Jesus did on that day? He produced bread... That had never been a seed in the field. Wow. And he produced fish that had never been in an egg in the sea. Amen. Wow. 
That's your God. Yeah. Amen. I can understand our reservations of trusting Him and not believing He can pay our bills <laughs> or heal our bodies or even get us to heaven with no problems. Mm. Wow. He's a God that can unscramble scrambled eggs. Yeah. yeah. You scrap, you crack the egg, put it out there, scramble it all up. He can come back, take that egg, turn it back into the yolk and all of that in the white, and put it back in the egg, seal the crack as though, and make it as though there was never a crack in the egg in the first place. That's your God. Yeah, That's yeah. my God. Amen. He is the God yeah. that feeds five thousand places, the dead, heals the blind and eyes, the deaf, the deaf ears, the dumb tongue. He can do all of these things, and you think he can't raise you up, mm. or save your love, or revive your church? Yep. Or meet the need of your life. Mm. Verse 22. The consummation. And therefore it was imputed to him. For righteousness. Paul sums up the benefit and outcome of Abraham's faith by this. God laid upon him. That's that word imputed. I don't know what translation you may have. It may say something a little different. But, but in the King James it says imputed. What it literally means is to pick up. And lay upon. He laid upon the account of Abraham righteousness. We know by the scripture that our righteousness is filthy rags. Right. Filthy rags. Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. I can imagine what our unrighteousness looks like. Mm. Can you imagine that? Filthy, dirty, rotten. Oh, but God, by the faith, not by his work. No. Not by his work, but by his faith. God put it on his account for righteousness. He made Abraham righteous. How can that happen, preacher? The same way it happens for you and me. It has to be something that God does in our life. Salvation is not based on our works or our merits. But it's in believing that sacrificial atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our brother's going to come. Going to get us an invitation song ready. And as he does, I want you to consider today your life. Consider your struggle. Consider the circumstances of your life. Consider the hopelessness even that it may seem today. And ask yourself, if he can rise up from the dead after dying on the cross of Calvary, mm. is there anything too hard for God? If he can rise up the deadness of a womb of a 90-year-old woman and the body of a 100-year-old man and give him a child... I love the story when he takes him up there, he's going to kill him, and God says, Stop. Yeah. Don't touch him. And I know you love me. And Abraham turned and he looked and he saw a ram caught in the thorns by his horns. Oh, what a picture of Calvary. Mm -hmm. What a picture of Calvary is. The Bible said he offered him up in the place of or in the stead of his son. That's Jesus. God answered the question that Isaac had. Where is the lamb? John looked up out of the muddy river Jordan and pointed him out one day. After he had baptized him and he saw the dove descend and the Holy Ghost descend upon him, 
And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John pointed him out and said, behold, the Lamb of God. Yes. That taketh away the sin of the world. And do you think that he saved you to lose you? Mm. Do you think that he saved you, brought you out of sin, to forsake you now? There's no need to doubt it. No. Amen. Have faith. Yes, yes. Not the absence of troubles, not the absence of fears, not the absence, absence of struggle. It's believing God in the midst of it. Yes. You're standing to your feet. Your eyes are closed, your head bowed. Brother's going to come and give invitation to preachers out in front. I want to pray for you and pray with you right quick. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you can come today and trust Him to be the best decision you ever made. If you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been saved, but you haven't trusted, you've not been trusting Him like you should. You've not been believing and resting. A missionary one time was trying to translate the Bible into the language of the people that he was there, the tribe that he was missionary to. He got to that word faith and he couldn't find a good word that would transliterate from English or even from the original language to their language. One day he was sitting there struggling over the word faith. One of the chiefs of the tribe came and in his own language said to the preacher, I believe I'll rest all my weight on this rock. Hmm. We would just say I'll sit down. In his language translated. He said I'll rest all my weight. Upon this rock. And immediately the preacher said. That's it. That's faith. It's resting all that you are. On the rock. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And trusting him to help you. And to see you through. Father. I pray for each and every heart and every life. You know, God, what they stand in need of. You know the need. You know the salvation needs that are here. Lord, you know those, Lord, that are maybe members of the church. They're, they, 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 they have maybe been in this church for several years. But deep down inside their heart, they struggle with that doubt and fear. If I die, will I really go to heaven? If I die, am I really prepared to meet God? Mm. Father, I pray today that you touch that heart. Draw them to yourself, not to a preacher or to a church, but draw them to you. Draw them to yourself. You said, "If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me." Draw them to yourself. Save them before it's too late. For that one, God, that may be here, Lord, they've heard the gospel today. They've never made a profession of faith. They've never trusted you, Lord. They're relying on their good works and good deeds to get them through. Father, I pray today they'll come to the end of themselves, see themselves a sinner. Lost and going to hell. And they'll trust your son. Lord I pray for that one that's saved. For those of us God that are born again. We're believers. We believe you. Mm. We know that we're going to heaven. Yes. But God there's struggles. And there's pains. And there's heartaches God. That we look at and we say God this is so hopeless. Mm. This is so hopeless. It's out of my control. Yes. Lord, help us to realize, God, that though it may be out of our control, it may be out of a doctor's control, it may be out of the control of everyone else around us, but it is never out of your control. Yes, Lord. You will work all things after the counsel of your own will, 
And you'll work all things to the good of them that love the Lord. And who are the called according to His purpose. Help us to trust you. Help us to submit to your will, whatever it may be. As you mold us and make us into the image of your dear Son. God, we'll praise you and thank you for what you do. Be in this invitation hour, this invitation time. Bless your people. God, may folks respond to what you've said to their heart. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.